Hi, welcome to day 39 of the Matthew podcast. My name is Tracy Weatherwax, and I'm here with Luke Weatherwax. And today we're going to be reading from Matthew 17, verses 14 to 27. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, You faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, Why couldn't we cast out the demon? You didn't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Starting in verse 22, Jesus again predicts his death. After they gathered again in Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. And the disciples were filled with grief. Verse 24, On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or the people they've conquered? They tax the people they've conquered, Peter replied. Well then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them, so go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. So in this group of scripture verses, we have three different stories. Out of the three, what one struck you? Uh, well, for me, I think uh, it was the verse in the Jesus, uh, I almost said Jesus possessed a demon boy. <laughs> no. And Jesus frees this child from a demon. I can't remember yep. the actual name. But the the verse in that when Jesus is telling his disciples that they didn't have enough faith, that that stuck out to me because I... I, I know I have a lot of things to figure out with my with Christianity and I think I think I'm not the only one here. I know a lot of people are struggling with faith. Mm-hmm. So it, it almost feels like the, the verse is speaking directly to me saying you don't have enough faith and I just need faith that Jesus is there that with him I can do amazing things and help other people. I think that's great. I think um, it reminded me of the story when Peter was walking on water and when he looked at Jesus, he remembered, he remembered Jesus and he wasn't afraid and he had faith that he could walk on water. As soon as he looked down at the waves, he forgot all about Jesus and he lost every ounce of faith he had and he started falling in the water. And it reminded me of that. Like if we can just keep our eyes on Jesus, we can have some keep that faith yeah and it's it's not as easy as it sounds like no it's it's difficult because back during the biblical times jesus was he was there for the disciples to physically be with and jesus like they saw firsthand like they had a front row seat of jesus healing people and creating all these miracles and it's I guess in this day and age, you you could say that Jesus like isn't 
doing that stuff anymore. But with the faith, I feel like you could you could see that Jesus uses other people to create the same miracles. It's just he's not directly there. Yes, I think that's true. But in this story, it reminds me that um, he's already sending his disciples out by themselves without him to heal people. So that's interesting. So he was still on earth. Luke is laughing at me, but I found that very interesting that he is still on earth and yet he's sending them out two by two. Pairs, yeah. So, um, the other thing is, you know, I like plants. I mean, people who know me know this about me. And mustard seeds are really annoyingly small. Just want to put that out there. So Yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting comparison. A yeah. mustard seed, I, I, I don't, they look like. But they're, they're really small. small, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he is saying, like, if you had faith, like this tiny little thing that you could crush with your fingernail, you could move a mountain. Uh, so you asked me what verse stuck out to me. Uh, mm-hmm. which, one, which one resonated with you? Well, the one I did research on was the second one where he predicts his death because I said, because the heading was Jesus again predicts his death. So I had to look up. How many times does he predict his death in Matthew? How many do you think? Uh, you said this earlier, <laughs> but I'm sorry, I wasn't really. Oh, you weren't listening. Say, um, Jesus likes the number two. It was actually three. Close. In Matthew, he predicts his death three times. So that feels to me that he had to keep saying to his disciples, like, you're not grasping what I'm telling you, and I have to tell you again. The first time he tells them they were, it talks a lot about how, not a lot, but how they lamented about the fact they were very sad. And this time it just says they were filled with grief. When he says it again to him in chapter 20, he just says it. And it doesn't even state that the disciple said anything after he made his comments about dying, which I found interesting. So maybe they were getting the thought through their head. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I feel like if a powerful all-knowing cosmic level entity came down to earth and was solving everyone's problems and then told me hey by the way next week i'm gonna go die i mean it's it's a hard concept to wrap your mind around that the creator of the universe would willingly let himself die by the hands of these i don't want to say peasants but yeah. Peasants. Like compared to him, like he's it's hard to like like why would you let this happen to you? Why aren't you turning into a giant Roman killer monster <laughs> thing and saving us? Right. So it's it's hard. I mean I'd have to say it I'd have to hear it three times and One maybe more. even more. Yeah. To, I'd have to hear it more probably. Yeah, to like fully grasp the concept. Right. You actually said earlier that to conquer death, he had to submit to it. Very insightful, Luke. Thank you. <laughs> Thought of it myself. That was good. So um, since we're covering all the stories, the last one, the payment of the temple tax, what I took away from it was that we should fully engage in the society that we live in. But what I think is cool about it is that he tells Peter to just go take a coin out of a fish's mouth. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wish I wish every tax worked like that. You could just go to the pond, fish out uh, a pike, and then pull out a check for. Pick a check. 
check. I don't know how taxes work. I've never had to pay them. <laughs> like a phone bill, you know, like it's paid, like a little note that says your taxes are committed. I don't know. Right. Well, <laughs> that's amazing. It's a bit off topic, but I mean, yeah, fish tax. Yeah. But as you, again, you commented earlier that there would be overfishing and that would be a problem because everyone would be collecting their tax money out of fish's mouths. Then we wouldn't have any more fish. <laughs> so that's a problem. Uh, I don't really have anything deep or meaningful to say on Jesus sponsoring taxes, but I think well, I, I agree with what you said starting off. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And I find it curious, but I have really nothing insightful to add that all these stories come right after he was transfigured on the mountain. So right after he's talking to Moses, Elijah, that whole story, then these three seemingly random stories, but there's no randomness in the Bible. But I haven't quite worked out how these all fit together. Well, while you were telling me about the the earlier when you're saying that the stories came right after the transfiguration, like right after Jesus was showing his full power, I, I find it, well, I, I kind of found it a little bit poetic in a sense because it's like he's he's showing how powerful he is right before he's showing how vulnerable he's is with the humans and he is with us Mm -hmm. so he's like displaying like this is everything i can do and this is what i'm choosing to do just for you oh you are brilliant oh i can't believe you're my kid (laughs) that's great thank you for that that was a podcast (laughs) that was very insightful Thank you. I had not even considered that. You're right. He is showing, like, this is what, who I can be, but this is what I'm going to do. So, wow. So, anyway, these, this was Matthew 17, verses 14 through 27. If you'd like to take another look and, you know, we're around watermark if you want to have further conversations <laughs> with us about it. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to lead us in prayer and then sign off for the day. God, thank you so much for all that you do for us. Thank you for being a God that is so amazing and vulnerable and chooses to conquer death by submitting to it. Thank you for all that you give us and um, just your promise to always be with us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. Or after.